and I'm back, guys, with a new company. For the first time ever, Nick's Picks presented to you by the Two TV Sports Podcast Network, and I'm so excited to be working with Tosh and Jerry, both class acts. They really know their stuff, and what a great company name, Two TV Sports, because you know when there's big games on, one TV ain't going to do it for you. On today's episode of Nick's Picks, we're talking NBA free agency, Lakers, Clippers, 76ers. Are they going to land James Harden? Does Daryl Morey have another trick up his sleeve? And then, best of all, college basketball is back. We're talking SDSU hoops. Why are they so disrespected? Pac-12, when are they ever going to win another NCAA championship? And lastly, pop culture corner. We're talking DC's Titans. For any of you who watched Teen Titans growing up, what a great show that was. Well, it's back in live action, gritty, dark, exactly what the DC universe does best. That's the topics we're discussing today on Nick's Picks. And without further ado, let's begin. First time ever, Nick's Picks is brought to you by the 2TVSports.com website. And we have today with us, Tosh Myers and Jared, is it, what is it, Blinders? Blinders, Blinders? yeah. Blinders, okay. Kiki Blinders. Kiki Blinders. (laughs) So so we're going to start by talking about what we spoke about on your guys' podcast last Friday. We discussed free agency. We talked about the Lakers Clippers. Let's get into that just a little bit. I know we talked about that already, but so interesting to see the two teams in LA fighting over free agents. And the guy that we all thought was going to go there, Rondo, all reports said he was going to the Clippers instead signs with Atlanta. And people say like, yes, they're paying too much for Rondo, but the guy was just the third best player on his final team. They're paying him seven and a half million each year for the next two years, where Jeremy Grant is being paid 20 plus million a year, 20 plus million a year for a guy who barely averages double digits and did not even play that great in the series against the Lakers. So I'd rather have a guy like Rondo than a guy like Jeremy Grant, who hasn't really proven much that he can even be the best, a starter on a team that can win the championship. So looking at it from Rondo's perspective though, like, if you're Rondo, you got your second ring, you know, you did everything you really needed to do. And then you got overpaid to go to Atlanta. And I guess his role is to mentor Trey Young and be the veteran presence, which I've heard he wears on a lot of players uh, over the regular season with how demanding he is and how meticulous he is, which I guess is good if you're the Atlanta Hawks and you need that. Um, but also if you're Atlanta, like you're not a major basketball market and you have to overpay for that, guys. So I think it works out for Atlanta. And I mean, Rajon Rondo got paid, like good for him. And I don't think like, he, I, he clearly could have taken less money to stay with the Lakers, but he got his ring. Like he could have run it back and probably had a good shot at repeating. But like at that point in your career, when you've already done everything a couple times over now, um, why not, you know, get the last bag on the way out. But did they overpay for him? 15 million for two years. That's, I feel like that seems like a bargain in today's NBA when guys who come off the bench are getting paid almost 20 million a year. I, okay. My Rondo take is that, in the right situation, like on the Lakers, he's worth that. But if you put him on the Hawks, like what are you paying for? There might be an eight seed. I just don't get, I don't, I don't really get the fit there at all, but Rondo is a good player on the Lakers. The Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron are 
probably the best duo ever. Maybe Steph Curry, maybe Jordan and Pippen, but Shaq and Kobe. Jordan and Pippen, I'm going to go with on that one. They're a pretty good duo. Tough to beat, you know, six but rings. But still, there. when you're putting them up in that class, put whoever around them and they'll be fine. I didn't really like their offseason. I think the Clippers getting Ibaka was nice, but if Paul George just continues to shit the bed like he did in the playoffs, Clippers are screwed, and I don't really think any of the other teams in the West got good enough to beat the Lakers. Jared, was it you that said Rondo's going to mentor Young? or Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, so they, it, yeah, yeah. So they brought him really, in. Is he really the best guy to mentor Trey Young? I mean, the guy's kind of a head case. I mean, no, yes. uh, yeah, he's definitely not the best guy to mentor him. But that's, I mean, that's if you're a Hawks fan, right? You, this is the argument you're making. It's like we're still a year or two away from being really competitive. Like Trey still got to develop. Rondo's not the guy to put your franchise over the top. Like Tosh was saying, you know, you need Rondo on a team where you have a guy like LeBron and AD or like two or three really good pieces. Like Rondo's a great complimentary guy, but like. He's not going to be the guy to lean your franchise. Like, come on. We all know that already at his point, at this point in his career. And even when he was in his prime, um, and we all talk about playoff Rondo, like that's when he's his best. So during the course of the regular season, he's more of a headache than everything. I don't think it's yeah. that bad of a deal for the Hawks, right? Like they're not overpaying him. And I guess maybe he's a culture guy. And I think the best part about the Hawks is, you know, you bring in that mentorship and it's not a long-term deal. And it's like the Hawks aren't going to compete this season anyways, and probably not next season. So does it really hurt them? No, I don't think there's that much of a downside for them. Uh, but like, conversely, there's not that much of an upside bringing in a guy like Rondo. Is Rajon Rondo a Hall of Famer? It's interesting. I, I don't have a strong opinion on Rondo just because like, he was a Celtic, drafted a Celtic, and then you know, they say you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. He ended up on the Lakers winning a championship for the Lakers. And so, you know... He's had an interesting career, but two of his rings have come to the Celtics and the Lakers, two very opposite franchises. He's up top there in assists. And so in the NBA, I mean, there's guys way less qualified than Rondo in the Hall of Fame. So I think in the modern NBA, in modern NBA anyways, you have to put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, even I mean, two, finals, two finals, both key players on those finals had a pretty good career besides that. Uh, I think he's in. I think he's for sure fire. And look at it this way. He's a starter on a team that wins a championship in 08. He's, I, I would say there's no argument that he is the third best player on this team that just won the championship. And in 2010, he was the best player on that team. I think at that time in 2010, he was the best player on a team mm. that, made, that made the finals. Arguably the best player on that team. I think... Oh, I, don't, Gar- I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's the best <laughs> player. Pierce? He was, well, like three years into the league. I mean, Pierce was still like in his prime. You know, that's why we were able to get so many assets from the Nets when we trade that, all those listening to Nick's picks for the first time, I'm a Celtics fan. Uh, so I would say Pierce and Garnett, are, we're still in their prime. That's why we were able to get that haul. Uh, uh, he did. He averaged 13.7 points, 9.8 assists that season, made his first all-star appearance, shot 50% from the field. Sure, but like he's not Nick the guy Robin that's carrying him to the finals. Listen, I, I, listen. I like Rondo a lot. Listen, it's just first weird. Time on, first time potting and the first guy we talk about is Rajon Rondo. Gotta love it. <laughs> Can we talk about the Bucks though, since we were just talking about uh, Jerry's team? I wanted to get your guys' takes on that, actually. Which part do we need to talk about? We talked about that last time, but what do you want to talk about? The Bucks. I, wanna... I, can't, I, I can't believe that, what is it, Bo, no, not Bojan, uh, Brogdon, Bogdanovich did not, like, why the hell would you not want to go to the Bucks? They're like gonna make the like they're the favorite in the East to make the finals, and this guy's yeah, like, why no, are you no, going no. to the Hawks instead of the Bucks? That's weird. That's super weird to me. Yeah, especially when it was not that much of a difference money wise. Like, 
I mean, a few million, obviously, but like, I think people are sleeping on, I mean, I'm a Bucks fan, but people are sleeping on the Drew Holiday. Like this guy averaged 20 points per game. He's a huge upgrade over okay. any guard that we okay, had okay, in the starting on. lineup. So Tosh, Tosh, Drew Holiday is better than Eric Bledsoe. No contest there. I'm not even going to argue that. What I will argue though is that, uh, you know, it's come out recently that there's skepticism about whether Giannis resigns in Milwaukee. Um, and so that trade for Bledsoe, when you had him under contract, now you have Drew Holiday on that one-year contract. And so you could potentially lose Drew Holiday and Giannis and be left holding the bag and have nothing there. Um, Other which, than which the championship that, we're going to win this year. And I that's mean, okay. Make Giannis yeah, until, until, you get to the, until you get to the second round and come up to a team that knows <laughs> how to play a little bit of playoff defense. And then, you know, you have limited ball movement. We'll see. Sure. All I'm saying is as a Bucks fan, the last whatever two years, the biggest issue for us has been our guard play in the playoffs. We just got probably the best guard available and probably the best player that changed teams. We didn't get Bogdan. That would have been nice, but people are sleeping on the Bucks again. So and... I don't think Giannis is out on the Bucks. just to be clear. I think that he's not signing that max extension because he wants to see what the Bucks have in the roster moves yeah. this year. And if they go far There's... like the conference finals or the finals, I think he re-signs. That's fine. There's uh, no reason for him to... To sign that like today i mean unless he just wants to show how loyal he is and screw all the twitter haters but dude i'm worried about this year let's have a good year and then we'll see what happens if Giannis leaves then that obviously that sucks but he's on the team this year he's not going anywhere and i think like we've got a good shot to get out of the east better than last year at least Tosh, speaking of the best player to switch teams so far that brings us to the 76ers who have the possibility, unlikely, just because of who the general manager is or president of basketball operations, whatever his title is, Daryl Morey, but James Harden going to the 76ers. And let's look at the moves that they made. And I think they made the positive moves in the right direction because what they lacked last year and the year before, the year before that is shooting. And they added two of the best shooters in the NBA. Well, I mean, it's spacing, right? It's more because, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two all-star cowboy play- players, great players, um, but they lack spacing. They have no shooting with those two guys. Uh, they added Seth Curry, who has an all-time three-point percentage. That's great. Um, but, like, does he really make the difference? I mean, think about this Sixers team. You have to rely on Simmons and Embiid as your go-to guys in the playoffs. And we saw Joel Embiid, one of two things. One, he either is gassing out of shape and two, he's very disinterested if his team is down like 1-0 or 2-0 in the series, and he just checks out. Uh, we've been hearing about this Joel Embiid renaissance, like he's going to come into the best shape of his life and have the Shaq-dominating season. Cool, that's great. Talk about that. Hype that up as much as you want. I haven't seen it from that man yet, and I've seen Joel Embiid put on insanely good games, like 43 points, uh, double-digit rebounds, and like double-digit assists. Like This guy, don't get me wrong, he's incredible, but his effort... Is concerning, and you can't teach that. You can't train that. He has to be motivated from within to do that. Um, can Doc Rivers get that out of him? Maybe, but are the Sixers ready to, you know, surpass even the Nets, Celtics, Bucks? Absolutely not. I'm not even close to that. Um, and then, Nick, I know you weren't there for the Tosh and Jerry podcast earlier this summer, but on that, we were talking about if you were to trade Simmons or Embiid. Uh, I said trade Simmons, I believe, and keep Embiid and build around him. Uh, but Simmons actually, you know... I'm learning that he's been working on a shooting and you know, if he figures out even a little bit, extends his range, not even the three points so much, but take some fucking mid range at some point, you know, some little jumpers, you know, 17 footers work on that a little bit. 
there's no stopping and no saying what Ben Simmons' ceiling could be, uh, as much as I hate to see that. And speaking of Embiid's effort when it came to the last postseason, I mean, dude, the guy, Simmons was out. They're playing the Celtics, or was it? Yeah, it was the Celtics. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We they swept them, by the way. Shot. We swept them, by the way. And listen, yes. we, it and was like, a gentleman sweep the year before, so don't even tell me that the rivalry's on. The Celtics have it by far. The Sixers are no comp- competition. Even though Doc Rivers is there and he's our old coach, he means nothing to us anymore. We got Brad Stevens, the second coming of Greg Popovich. Love our team, baby. Let's get it going. Wait, wait. What are you talking about? A gentleman sweep the year before. The year before. We went 5 1. Or 4 1. Excuse me. Was that two, two years? years before? Two years? Two years before. The year before, you okay, got gentleman sweep by my Bucks. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's the yeah, Kyrie Dragon. Celtics. We don't listen. In Boston, we don't talk <laughs> about the Kyrie Celtics anymore. And, that one doesn't and count. two years ago, they were a bounce, bounce, bounce from. Going into overtime, and if they had won that game, who knows? They could have been the champions. But yeah, honestly, yeah, according to Sixers fans, yep, 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 exactly. <laughs> Yo, can I give you my Sixers take though? Yeah, please. Everyone's saying how they're getting better. Yes, they got more, a little bit more shooting. But Dan, as we saw in the finals last year, and as we saw against the Clippers, Danny Green, Seth Curry, those guys aren't game-changing players. They both have major holes in their game. And yes, sir. Unless, unless Simmons and Embiid make the jump which everyone likes to anoint them as like super-duper stars. Every Those year. guys aren't superstars. Those guys are good players with a good media team to boost them up. And a lot of hype is top picks. Those guys aren't good enough to win the championship right now. And unless they get good enough, the Sixers are just going to be a first-round loss every year. And it's so, going to be funny to watch. That, but that's bullshit. That's, I'm calling bullshit. That's bullshit. You got... They are not, they are superstars. You have Ben Simmons who can guard positions one through five is one of the best passers in the league can get to the basket when there is space and there is going to be space next year. You have Joel Embiid. He is a monster inside. He can go outside as well. He's an adequate, mediocre, mediocre three-point shooter, but he'll keep people, the defense honest. He'll take them once in a while. They, they got two of the 15 best players in the league. Listen, when your center you, is no, shooting no, more okay, of a three... Okay, yeah. Listen, when your center shoots a better three-point percentage than your point guard, you're not winning shit in this league. I'm telling you that right now. And, the NBA... Go ahead, Dosh. And if, yeah, if you think those two guys are two of the top 15 players in the NBA, you got to get out of here, probably. Are like, you serious? <laughs> uh, look at it this way. That's the most every, ridiculous thing I've heard. Dude, every year there's something called all NBA teams, and those are the top 15 players, and I'm pretty sure Simmons made it this the year. The media fucking pre- loves Simmons and Embiid. It doesn't mean that they're going to take your team <laughs> yeah. over the top. They can be great individual stats, guys. Yeah, they're going to win shit past the first round. Absolutely not. And- I shouldn't even say past the first round. They can't even get out of the fucking first round. Yeah, Embiid was probably the fourth best player in that Celtics Sixer series this year behind Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart. Back to that, <laughs> no, though. Uh, okay. You're, you're, you're playing without your second best player or your first best player, however you look at it. And after you get down 2-0, yeah, you're good. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. I, cu- I couldn't hear you over the brooms that are still being swept in Philly. <laughs> we, you know, we're just taking a cleaning to them. Not going to happen, Philly. See you never. Let's get back to that point that I brought up at the very beginning. And again unlikely due to the fact that Daryl Morey is the general manager, James Harden could come to Philadelphia. Oh, I, so I, I actually I, yeah, think I it's want... more likely that he comes because of Daryl than not. But I also, I don't, I don't know who, what you think the I, owner, I, you think the Rockets owner wants to help out Daryl Morey after he left and then said he was going to spend time with his family. And within less than 10 yeah, days, he's with a new team. 
That's true, but I also think Harden and Daryl like each other, so that might Dude, help. Harden and Daryl Morey are boys, and I want to talk about Morey. He's a fascinating GM. I think that a lot of GMs are boring, and they make moves just to make moves, or they're just uninteresting. Daryl Morey is fascinating. Like He's the kind of guy that makes the moves you need to put your team over the top, but can't quite reach the peak of the mountaintop, right? Like We saw them took the, the Warriors to seven games, and I... You know, it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, the Rockets could have done it if CP3 was healthy. I don't think so, Tosh. I know you're a Warriors fan. And I don't want to gas you up at all. But I think the, the Warriors, even if CP3 was healthy, down uh, 3-2 in that series in, what was that, 2017 or 16? Yeah, I think it was um, 17. I, yeah, so I still think the Warriors win that game or win those two games. I know, I know you, you don't want to gas me up, but, Jerry, the, the Rockets are champions in every hypothetical potential scenario ever created in any game that's actually mattered the Warriors have won so hey, they're I think the better team they were the better team yeah no I think and it, I thought it was weird in that in that season for them to be down three through the Rockets like I thought they were a better team anyways um and I had them winning the series and they did and that's not taking anything away from the Rockets they were a good team and it sucked to see CP3 go down I just don't think they had enough but Daryl Morey I'm saying like it's interesting that he Stepped away from the rocket shop because he knew that he couldn't rebuild that franchise. He's not a big rebuilding guy, as it turns out. Um, but, like, what do you trade if you're Daryl Morey as the Sixers GM? Like, you trade Embiid and get whatever you can for him and build around Simmons on that. It's kind of hard to win a championship when your best player doesn't really play defense. And when the, yeah. other, the other side of your conference has a juggernaut with Seth Curry, the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Clay Thompson, arguably the second greatest three-point shooter of all time. Kevin Durant, the greatest seven-foot three-point shooter of all time. Draymond Green, the greatest, one of the greatest. Yeah, I mean, that, that Golden State team is just unfair with all those guys, for sure. Best team you, ever. You got four Olympians. It took four Olympians to beat. Five Olympians, right? Andre? Yeah. He was a great Olympian. I mean, he was, but not like at this point in his career. But yeah, it took four Olympians to beat LeBron James. Let's move on to college troops now. And I want to talk about my alma mater, a team I worked for for four years, a team that the only team I think I could truly say I follow religiously because the San Diego Padres fucking suck besides this year. They hadn't made the playoffs in 14 years. And then the Chargers, we don't have to talk about them. They moved to L.A. So there you have it. You have the San Diego Padres, the L.A. Chargers, and then San Diego State basketball, the biggest ticket in San Diego. And what did we do last year? We started off the season 26-0. and We finished 30-2. and We did not get – I think we had limited votes in the AP Top 25 to start the season. And what did we do to – once college basketball started, we beat preseason number one, UCLA, preseason number one of the Big West. And, hey, the Big West, it's not a joke. They still play some decent teams. Eh, okay. I mean, the way you're saying that, I think they're a joke. But keep going. <laughs> keep hyping up your squad. Yep. Keep going. And we beat UC Irvine. They, play, they make the tournament year in and year out. We beat both of them. We beat UCLA by 15. We beat... UC Irvine by nearly 20. I think we led by almost 30 at one point. And what happens when the polls come out on Monday? We're ranked 27. We have teams that received votes. We're not even in the top 25. And that's a year after we were 30 and 2. Yes, we lost Malachi. You got robbed of a natty. 
at least a final <laughs> four appearance, at least a final four appearance. The fact that we aren't ranked in the top 25 after he went 30 and two last year, beat the two preseason favorites for two different conferences. Like didn't just beat them. We routed both teams. Robin, I, I don't want to be the guy to come on the pod and just completely agree with you, but I completely agree with you. This team seems like <laughs> it's becoming it's becoming somewhat more of a blue blood these days for basketball, and I know their games are, are fun. I've heard all about them, and, yeah, it's it's ridiculous that they're not ranked in the top 20. I wouldn't call us and... a blue blood. That's that's a little too far there, but I would say we're like <laughs> – we are, we are contenders year in yes. and year out, especially since – I think 2010 over the last, I think over the last 10 years, we have like a fourth or fifth most wins in all of college basketball. Wait, you guys are in the WAC, right? No, no, we're in the Mountain West. I think we oh, were in the WAC. In the like, West. We might have been in the WAC like 40 years ago. If you take the Mountain West and the WAC, two group of five, two no name conferences, you've got Gonzaga, you've got uh, SDSU. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're all wrong here. You're all wrong here. West Coast Conference. <laughs> West Coast Conference is yeah, Gonzaga. WCC. Yeah, that's you were saying, saying you were saying the whack, the WAC. That's a different. Oh, that's what it used to be called. Anyways, you take Gonzaga, you take SDSU, you take USF, you take BYU, you take St. Mm-hmm. Mary's, and tell me that that group is not better than any combination of the Pac-12 schools you could get. Almost, I'd say it's 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 competitive <laughs> with that group. It's competitive. Yeah, we were about to get BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's. I think it was those three, or it might have just been St. Mary's and Gonzaga. We were about to get them both. And we were going to have this ultimate mid-major conference, like a, a West Coast Big East. Have you guys like a Pac-12? Like a Pac-12, I guess. But the Pac, <laughs> we're going to get to the Pac-12 in a second. Have you guys seen Jared? Do you watch Thirty for Thirties? Yeah, love Thirty for Thirties. One of the did best. You, did you watch the one on the Big East? That one is. Yeah, the disbandment, dude. I mean, it's one of the best conferences in college basketball. UConn. So all, uh, all. So you have. So, so you have watched it. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm it's, born in yeah. or born in Massachusetts, but raised in Connecticut, dude. UConn is like the biggest sporting thing we have in Connecticut. I mean, even even after the Big East dissolved, and they were part of the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, not the ACC, unfortunately. Uh, they made that awesome run with Shabazz Napier after Kemba departed in 2014. That's all we have here, of course. <laughs> I mean, they got. I mean, they're going back to the Big East. It's fantastic. We're thrilled that you brought this up. <laughs> and how amazing is that documentary? Because it just goes into what it took to literally build a conference from nothing, oh, from man, scratch. Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing, dude. And uh, then you have the part. You have the part where ESPN came in, and you're like, "That's how ESPN came big." Oh, was that's cause... that's literally how ESPN was born. They said, "Oh, what's this conference? Okay, can we get like the media rights to this conference?" They said yes, and it happened to be one of the most contentious between Syracuse and UConn, those historic battles, uh, that insanely good rivalry. I, you know, I was touring Syracuse, actually, uh, for schools back when I was, like, 17, looking at mm. potential colleges to go to, and I happened to be leaving the town, and uh, I yelled, go UConn, and everyone was furious even years later, and it was <laughs> awesome. It was like, how is this still going? Even the, the Big East dissolved. Um, it can't be underestimated, even though it's, it's pretty forgotten, unfortunately, and so I'm happy that Big East is trying to, you know, build back you know, let's semblance. let's bring they should bring that back bring it back to yep. the, uh, in terms of this west coast conference that we could create this super west coast conference we have all our games starring on fox sports fs1 blow that network up we have two to three games a week on that network just like they did with the the, um, the east coast conference or sorry the big east and espn they had like a game of the week why not do that with a 
lower, lesser network, like a Fox Sports, which is still a big network, but it's not ESPN. It's not right, right. And it's so, not regular Fox. The one thing about it disbanding though is I do love the Syracuse Duke like new rivalry mm. now that they're in the same conference. That's that's usually pretty fun with uh, Beheim's zone versus Duke's elite talent year after year after. They year. stack that conference. They stack the ACC. They literally awesome. were like. We are taking the best teams from the Big East. We're putting them in the ACC. They got what? Louisville, Syracuse. Who else did they bring in? They brought in a couple other teams. I'm like, holy uh, shit. It, they Cincinnati's have, good. You, Boston College. Marquette there. Or, yeah, BC. Uh, yeah, BC's not like a power. BC's not a powerhouse, though, as far it as used, yeah. Back in the day, right, back in right. the day, it was a solid school. But, but uh, let's turn it now to the Pac-12, though, since, yes, Josh, we know you went to Oregon. You guys had some great teams. You just had Peyton Pritchard get drafted. Wait, what do you mean had? We still have a great team. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. The best Sorry, coach I forgot. In the Pac-12. That's the absolutely right. Pac-12. Dana Altman, an absolute goat. And we're going to be back, Robin. We've got Will Richardson at point guard, Duarte at shooting guard. He's kind of nice. Big and folly Dante center. Got some transfers. Altman's going to piece it together. We're going to win the Pac-12. What have you guys done so far? What, what, who have you played so far? Like, have you played? We haven't played. We play Wednesday night, Missouri, Friday night, Seton Hall, six o'clock, West Coast time. And you Good mean, end. besides how good we were looking last year and that we got had Bobo as a crew before he went down <laughs> with a foot injury and not to mention the final four run against UNC that we easily could have won if not for a missed rebound. I mean, what do you mean? What haven't the Ducks done? Like, they've been amazing the last couple of years. We the Ducks about? are blue blood of college basketball. Are you guys the new kings of the Pac-12? Like when it comes to recruiting, oh, hundred like, percent. But are you guys rule? Are you guys running? Let recruiting? me get this one. Let me get this one. No, recruiting. All right, let me just take this for a second. Recruiting, absolutely not. We're not the blue ones. Our recruits are slept on and developed. The best recruits that I've, you know, being a Pac-12 fan, that I've come to realize is they always go to Arizona, and Sean Miller has these great teams, and they're always they're the darlings of the ball in in the AP poll, and it's like. You know, every year they're like 13, 14. And what does Sean Miller do with these guys every year? One, miss the tournament. Two, lose in the first round, get upset every single year. Arizona, I don't understand it. It's honestly inexplicable to me how they're always ranked higher than the Ducks every single year. Honestly, higher than a couple of teams in the Pac-12. And I get these, they get these talented recruits, which honestly, I don't want to be the guy that says there's something kind of suspicious going on there with, I don't know if they're paying the players or what. Um, They are. they, okay, Tasha, you said it, not me, but it's very suspect about how they get these dudes. Um, there's been some reports coming out of there. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. Even if they are paying the dudes, like, the Ducks have a better team year after year after year. And it's like, I'm so sick of seeing Arizona being ranked high. It's not even from a Ducks fan perspective. It's like, if you're a college basketball fan, Arizona's the, not back is what you're saying. Dude, why the fuck is Sean Miller still have a job? He disappoints year after year after year. And I'm sure, I'm positive. He's one of the highest-paced guys in the Pac-12, let alone college basketball. Why the fuck does Arizona have him still employed? Like, if you're getting those... I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Arizona is the best team in the country that did not win a national title. But they're not, though. They're just not. <laughs> look, hey, look, look at these numbers. From I'm going to start with 2010-2011, Sean Miller's second year, 30-8. and eight. The next year, 23-12, and 27-8. and eight. 33 and 5, 34 and 4, 25. How many Final Fours? None. That's what I'm saying. This team, <laughs> okay, listen, listen. This the, final fours, recruits- the Final Fours are hard to get to, but I would say Sweet 16s, something like that. Like he gets upset in the first round, 
more often than I wake up in the middle of the night to take a piss? Like, come on. Twice. He's been upset in the first round twice, and one of those years Which they is were far too at- many. If you have a team like Arizona, I get them tournaments when it's done, but you're fucking Arizona. Like, you're top 15 every single year. The fucking AP poll ranks you every single year going into the tournament. You know, you're the top seed in the Western Hemisphere. Like, get your shit together. You can't be getting upset every single year. Come on. I'm just saying they, they do recruit well. They do they recruit do. well. They do. Listen, that's the best thing I can say about Arizona. They recruit well. I think they have a much better team without Sean Miller. Like I, I think he's just yeah. a bad coach. When and let's just let's throw out a year. I just want you guys to throw out a year. When it's the Pac twelve winning a national title again. And can anyone I know it, but can either of you tell me the last time and who it was? The last time the Pac twelve won a national title and who the team was. Uh, I'll guess. I'll say it was UC. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it was UCLA. That's close. Um, What's the year though? It's close. It's not UCLA, but they were the second to last team to win. I I have no idea, but I think in to answer when it will happen, it'll. It's definitely going to be the Ducks under Dana Altman, and I will say within this decade, at the end of this decade, probably. Oh, I got no shot about who it was, but it's got to be like. 1980 something unless oh my god oh my oh my god what do we got where is it it's it's not that long ago but not that long ago it gets good for us it's been quite a while it's been quite a while uh i got no shot in the 90s arizona 1997 won the national title not under sean miller love to see that led by freshman led by freshman mike bibby jason terry and miles simon along with a guy who Played in the league. I personally don't know him. Michael Dickerson, averaged 19 a game. They had five. Pro- Michael Dickerson. They had five pro guys on that team. Wow. Um, if you had to give me, so if, if you're saying when is the Pac-12 going to win it again, if you give me betting odds within the next 10 years, I'd say yes, just because the tournament, like the NCAA tournament, I want to get it out there. It's like the worst way to decide a champion of all time. It's 64 yeah, and 68. But, but it's also the most it's, exciting. Tosh, you're, you're right. It's the most exciting. Absolutely. But as far as like fairness goes, there's no, there's no series. There's no best <laughs> of. There's no, it's literally just like one and done. You can get upset so easily. Like it's the worst way to decide a champion. And that's what makes it so awesome and so entertaining. And you glue into every game. Like we're tuning into one versus 16 because you know what? Eventually it happened. Um, just a couple years ago, like Virginia went down. It was awesome. Yep. Um, that's why we watch. Uh, so it's the worst. Way to to win the natty. Exactly. Um, so, but as far as that goes, like if you give me 10 years, like sure, I'll take a pack 12 team to win it once out of 10 years. Um, I know they haven't done it in a while, but there's some, there's some big league talent there. So sure. Absolutely. I think, uh, it can be done. One thing the pack 12 needs to do better recruiting. Definitely. Compared to the rest of the country, everyone's going to the ACC, and this is what they need to do. They need to get these – the Pac-12 schools that are in California need to get these top California recruits. Yeah, but when, when Coach K comes calling, or Roy Williams at UNC, or Jim Beheim at, at Syracuse, and those are the same like, top three. You can go Tom Izzo at Michigan State. You know, just the Blue Bloods of college basketball, Kansas, Kentucky, John Calipari, whoever you want. I mean, if you're, if you're like a 17-year-old kid, why would you not go into the storied franchises over the Pac-12? Yeah, and that's what it all stems down to is the coaching in the Pac-12 is just not there. I'll give you two reasons why. Number one, the weather. Number two, the women. That's it. That's why. And <laughs> you should be a recruiter. Honestly, I think I could go recruit for SDSU. I'd be like, 
I'd get some players. I'd be like, yo, let's take them to this like fraternity party. They'll love it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to fucking do school here. The weather's great. You're by the beach. And you could be the man here on campus at SDSU. But what I've realized is those some players, they don't want to be the man. They don't want that spotlight where they're like, the number one not guy. the best ones. <laughs> they don't want that smoke. <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. That's why guys, I mean, that's why guys go to Kentucky because they, it's not that they Basketball. don't want to be the man. It's because they have the best chance to go to the NBA. But I think if, if you're good enough and confident in yourself enough, you can go to a place like SCSU, fall out for one year and go to the draft and be a first round draft. So the last thing we're going to talk about on this podcast, I like to have a little spice of pop culture because I love movies. I love televisions. I think you guys are the same way somewhat not sure about not sure about you jared don't know maybe a little bit more than tosh because tosh had never seen teen titans teen titans probably one of the best animated television shows of all time for those that don't remember it was on cartoon network it was superheroes as teenagers hence the name teen titans we had robin we had starfire we had beast boy cyborg and raven yeah it was a great show a phenomenal show like it had that teen angst it had like love and like god there's this one episode the last ever episode i don't know if you saw it jared because i i already know tasha's in the show but there's that last episode there was uh that character tara she could like move rocks and shit do you remember i remember a lot of the show about the main characters but tara you're missing me on that one so she was able to move rocks and she ends up dying or like being turned to rock or something because she's spoilers man spoilers but basically, like, there's this last episode where he comes and he finds her, like, out of school, and he, like, is in love with her, and he's trying to, like, but she doesn't remember who he is, and it was, like, heartbreaking that she just never remembered who he was, and that ended the entire series with him. Yeah, that was the last episode, and I was like, Jesus, that's such a dark way to end this show, but what I'm here to talk about is Titans, and Jared, you told me you watched part of the first episode today. What did you think? Yeah, so the first episode, uh, so first off, there's this whole DC versus Marvel you know, dynamic. And so no objection. Marvel's been killing the game as far as movies go, but I personally like the DC universe a lot more with Batman. Cause I just think Batman's like the best. I, I don't know if you call him a superhero. A lot of people call him a vigilante, but that regardless, Dude, I, mean, I love he's the got ba- no superpowers. Yeah. Though. Well, we can get into that another time, but I love the Batman franchise. So I'm partial to DC on that one. Uh, and so you actually told me about this, like DC Titans. And I said, Hey, what is it? And you said, it's kind of like teen Titans. Have you watched? And I said, yeah, um, so I did watch the first, like, I would say 15 to, like, 25 minutes, somewhere in there. I'm sure the first character they come out is an equivalent to Raven in the Teen Titans one. Um, yes. And basically, it's on HBO Max now, so they can say whatever they want. It's a DC combo with HBO. Um, and so you're right, it is very dark, and the first 10 minutes are very intense, uh, and there's kind of a big shock, like, in the very beginning. I'm not going to give that away. Um, and I do want to finish that. It's, it's, it's really interesting, like, that they're trying to revive that, and so... I'm definitely going to get, continue to watch that. And it's, it's interesting. I'm assuming it only gets better from there because I've only mm. just scratched the surface. And I like how within the first five minutes of the show, they go, oh, Gotham's crazy. And like on the Fritz again, I'm like, oh, of course, Gotham. You know, what else is going to be going on in Gotham? Of course. And like, meanwhile, all that's going on. Like you have everybody at their cubicle just like typing away like, oh, wow, wow. Well, look at the news last night. Like, oh, somebody got robbed. Like, oh, there's a superhero that showed up. Like, what? Like, they're just so used to it in Gotham. It's great. I love it. About the show a little bit is I like how, and of course they're going to do this when it's live action, all the characters are their real names, not their superhero names. Like, you're not going to call Raven Raven. You call oh, her by whatever yeah, her she, real name so is. She goes, 
in the so with Marvel, Marvel has this like cookie cutter like kind of like formula of how they do all their movies right now. Like where DC is willing to go try new things, and a lot of times it's flopped. It's been awful. It's been terrible. Suicide Squad. Yeah, DC. They're willing to try new things, and they like to go. They like to go very dark and gritty. And that's I think that's an understatement when you talk about this show. I mean, you saw the first fifteen minutes. Like, holy shit! Like this shit's dark. Like this shit. It's like. It's like a little sci-fi-ish too with like the Raven stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to that point, like to Marvel's credit, I love Deadpool and like everything they did with that. Uh, I might get some heat for this one, but the whole Avengers universe, it's too much. Like it's over the top. They have too many people in there. There's a lot going on. I agree on that. There's like, <laughs> and there's like, I like that as a nerd. As I'm like a, I think I'm like a closet nerd kind of when it comes to that stuff. Like I research this shit constantly. Like what's I mean, going on? I'm not on? saying the movies are bad. They're good. They're well produced. They have a great cast, but it's it's too much. Like a new movie's coming out every year, like eighteen months. I can't keep up with that. And it, like it, the main ones I got, like I got Iron Man. I was into that. Uh, I was into the first like two Avengers. And I saw Endgame, and I think I'm caught up. I don't know them because there's so many freaking side quests or side characters that have their own individual movies, like Captain America. I think I saw the first one like five years ago, but I definitely haven't seen the last three. And they all tie in together. And it's like, I, maybe I missed something from one of them and I have to go back. And like, I like the Hulk as a character, but then I have to know his like three previous movies to get caught up on this Avengers movie. It's too much. It's too much. I need individuals like DC is doing, like uh, just the Batman franchise, as long as they don't botch it. I kind of, I like all like the cameos and the different characters coming in. Cause it's like, I mean, they're all part of the same world. This fake Marvel universe has been created. So of course they're going to pop up like they should be. A hot take I had is Avengers Endgame should have at the very least been nominated for Best Picture. And I'm going to read you something that's very short. And I wrote this for two years ago whenever Endgame came out. And I said, and what does Best Picture typically represent? Reward a movie that perfectly reflects a period in time from the past, present, or future. And what better way to recognize what Marvel has accomplished over the last 10 years by rewarding them with the most iconic honor in film? Well, first off, I don't agree with that just because it should be whatever movie was made that year, not the previous years. It should be a standalone mm-hmm. movie that should win the award on best movie for itself. So disregard the future or the past. Um, but I, I would also want to know like, what were the other nominations that year? Okay, here it is. 2020 Best Picture nominations. 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, The Irishman, Little Woman, Jojo Rabbit. That's the nominees, and the winner was, of course, Parasite. So basically, the gist of what this whole segment was, I very highly recommend DC's Titans, now on HBO Max. The first two seasons were, I don't even think they were on cable television they were just on the dc universe like new website they created so i don't even think they were on television but now you can stream seasons one and two and season three is along the way so i would definitely tune in catch up on that hey yeah hey we've gone way too long tonight and hey jared it's been a pleasure tosh i know he his phone died on us great to have you guys on my pod this time hope to be on yours again soon as always thank you guys for listening it's great to be back on the air especially with a company like two TV sports and I'm going to give you some things to look out for so when you get a chance check out the 2tvsports.com website and be on the lookout on Mondays for the not so overreaction 
Jerry reacting the weekend of NFL games on Tuesday, the Tuesday morning blitz, recapping you on all things NFL, and Wednesday, the 2TV Top 25, ranking the Top 25 NFL teams. And on Thursday, the Tosh and Jerry pod, and on Fridays, our Jackson Roberts stock watch in the 2TV weekend spotlight. As always, thank you guys for listening. Please shoot us a follow on Instagram at 2TV Sports and at Nick's Picks 13. Thank you again and look forward to catching you on our next episode.